right, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Mark chapter number 5, I'm going to say it's good to be here this morning. I know, I know I hear the pastor when he says, oh, I, I, I was hoping to hear the pastor this morning. I hear that a lot, and I understand, and I apologize, but I'm here. Here we go. Uh, when you go somewhere new, when you go somewhere new, it's kind of like a blind date. You know, neither one of us know what we're getting into, right? Uh, and you got to really trust the guy doing the setting up. And, and so what I've heard, that's McNeese, and that's got me really worried, I'm going to tell you. Uh, Jonathan McNeese is a really good friend of mine, and I always wondered what that boy could do and how he could preach if he would actually get saved. Amen? <laughs> Aren't you glad to be saved this morning? I don't know what God's up to this morning, but I do know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good when your cold drink blows up in your face right before you get to church. Amen? So, anyway, Mark chapter number 5, I want to share with you guys something that's been dear to me and on my heart here lately. Uh, can y'all, have y'all figured out right now that America's on its way to hell 100 miles an hour? Our country's in a mess. It's in a mess. And, and the greatest danger to the American church is not liberalism, it's not socialism, it's not communism, it's not the abortion agenda. It's not the it's not the trans agenda or the the gay agenda. It's none of those things. The, the the problem and the greatest danger in the American church is the silent Christian, the Christian who will not share their faith, the Christian who will not speak up and tell others about Christ. You know, in in the book of Acts, the Bible says that they were threatened to keep their mouths shut. They said, don't be preaching in this name. Don't be telling anybody in this name. You can do whatever you want to do. We don't really care, but don't be preaching. Keep your mouth shut. Peter said, we can't help it. we got to tell what good things the Lord had done for us. I mean, they had to put their hands over their mouth to keep them from speaking. And, you know, I've run into pastors and people all over America, and pastors are begging people to open their mouths. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Uh, I've been in church my whole life. My dad was a pastor I grew up in church, and, and, and I, have seen, I have seen highs and lows, and I've seen the good, and I've seen the bad. But I'm telling you what, if there's ever been a time, now take my word for this when I tell you this, if there's ever been a time that God has set the ball on the tee and has made it easy to share your faith, it's right now. Just ever since COVID, and people think that people think the exact opposite. People think, oh, COVID's just messed up. Now it's hard. No, 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 no. People are starving to death for human interaction. They're starving to death for somebody to care about who they are and whether they want to tell somebody. This morning, this morning I was in the I was in the lobby of the hotel getting a little breakfast and and, and Erica was there and, and and she came by and I said, I said, ma'am, what's your name? She said, Erica. I said, My name's Malcolm. It's good to meet you. And and I'm fixing to pray over these pancakes right here. Is there anything I can pray for you about? She said, Honey, let me sit down and tell you. She did. She sat right down. And she began to tell the things going on in her life. And so I prayed with her right there and shared my story with her. I'm telling you, the opportunities are endless. We've just got to open our eyes and see them. Amen, church? I want to preach this morning on the subject, a story to tell. Now, before we, before we get started, and I'm going to read real quick, but before we get started, we need to do a little survey, all right? I know this is unusual for Sunday morning, but I need to do a survey and check things out real quick. How many of you this morning, without a shadow of a doubt, you know you're saved? Born again, child of God, I'm saved without a question. Raise your hand real high so I can see you. Okay, all right. All right, put your hand down, put your hand down. Now, how many of y'all were there when it happened? <clears throat> Y'all wasn't there? Okay, let's try it again. 
How many of y'all are saved? I know it's, we need some Red Bull in the coffee area. Amen. We need to wake up. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. How many of y'all are saved? Raise your hand. Okay, okay. Now put your hand down. How many of y'all were there when it happened? Seriously, it's a serious question. Okay. Do you know what that makes you? An eyewitness. An eyewitness. That means, that means you have a story to tell. You have a story to tell. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be what? Witnesses. Witnesses telling what God has done for you. And that's what we're going to see in this story. It's a very familiar story. Everybody's heard of the demoniac. The demoniac. The man running around in the tombs, naked, didn't have no clothes on. They tried to chain him, couldn't control him. And Jesus came by his way. Amen? Let's look. Mark chapter number 5. In verse number 1, And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. No man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. This is a classic example of a man with problems that the world cannot fix. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice, saying, What have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto them, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And there were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what, was, uh, what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus, watch this now, and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they begin to pray him to depart out of the, their coast. Now, I've never understood that. All my born days, I've never figured that out. My whole life I've read that. Preacher, I've never understood how a man comes and fixes another man that they've never been able to fix, and yet they want him to leave. That is how corrupt, that is how, how far away from God that you can get, and I truly believe our nation is right there, right there. The Bible says this. It says in verse 18, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home. Say that with me, everybody. Everybody say it. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for your mercy. I'm so thankful for your grace. I'm so thankful for these beautiful people in this building. Lord, they've come and gathered and we've worshipped and we've sang and we've loved on you. And God, we pray that you'll speak to us now. Use your word. 
Use your word to encourage us. Use your word to convict us. Use your word to challenge us, Lord. Use your word to speak to us. I pray every heart will be touched. Every mind will be changed. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll fill me with the Holy Spirit right now. I desperately need an unction from God. I know I don't deserve it, but I need it. And I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. Control my mind. Control my mouth. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. I, I want to I share with you just three real, real, real simple points. I'm not a, I'm not a deep preacher. I'm a very simple preacher. Uh, the, very, the very greatest day of my life was when uh, fast food restaurants got the code, amen, the, the number system. I don't have to order. I just say three. That's what I want, amen. Now, here, here's what I've learned about that deep preaching. Most of the time it's so confusing they don't know what they're talking about. That's what deep preach. Oh, that's deep right there, Amen. God wants you to understand in this story something very important. First of all, I want you to see the man in the story, this demoniac, this demoniac. Uh, uh, he represents the sinner, right? He represents the man that the world could not fix, the world could not change, the world could not help. He was helpless in his situation. And this is what I see here. First of all, the man, Jesus, found him. Jesus found him. Jesus is on the other side. Now, now, keep in mind, if you use your imagination, this is the Sea of Galilee right here. On this side over here is the area of the Gadarenes. This is the Gentile area. This is the pagan area. That's why they had swine over there. There would be no swine in the, in the Israelite nation. There would be no swine in the Jewish area. Uh, matter of fact, even to this day right now, that you cannot raise swine in Israel unless they're up off the ground so they don't uh, uh, contaminate the holy ground in Israel. They wouldn't have swine over there. So Jesus is ministering over here uh, uh, in the northern uh, Galilee region there, uh, the northwest uh, side, and he says, let us go to the other side. What an odd comment. Why would we go over there? That's pagan area. That's where, the, that's where the sinners are. That's where the ungodly people are. But Jesus said, let us go to the other side. He came looking for this sinner. I am so glad when the sinner wasn't looking for the Savior, the Savior came looking for the sinner. When the sinner couldn't get to the Savior, the Savior came to the sinner. Jesus found him. I've heard people say before, I found God or I found Jesus. Honey, you didn't find Jesus. He wasn't lost. Jesus came looking for you. How many of y'all are in here this morning? Jesus has found you. Jesus came to where you were. Jesus found you. The, the psalmist said it this way. I love this verse. He said, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot on a rock, established my going. Say amen. Jesus found him. But when Jesus found him, the Bible says Jesus changed him. Jesus changed him. Dr. Luke said he run around with no clothes on. Uh, Mark right here said he, he was a lunatic. He was out of his mind. He was full of demons. He was cutting himself, screaming and crying night after night after night. They tried to chain him. They tried to bind him. They tried to control him. And he broke all of the chains. But when Jesus came, he changed him. He was sitting clothed in, in his right mind. There's one thing about this, one thing, it doesn't matter what a man's profession is, if he truly gets saved and born again, he will be different. Yes. 
The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if people run around and say they belong to Christ and they're still living like the devil, still running around, uh, listen, doing all of these things, you need to check up on that situation. Because if Jesus finds you, he will change you. My father... My father, me, me and my father kind of grew up way different. I grew up in a, in a preacher's home, in a very conservative preacher's home. He'd beat the devil out of you for anything. Did anybody in here grow up in the whooping era? My father felt like a whooping solved any problem there was. I mean, th- there was no, there was no. okay, here's restriction, here's in the corner, here, and that timeout thing. Seriously, timeout? The only timeout I knew was when mom called timeout and dad started whooping me. Amen? That's, that's how that worked. Very conservative, very strict, very, you know, disciplined. My father, he never had any church background. Nobody in my father's, nobody in my father's life had any, any kind of uh, a church at all. All he knew was drinking, running around, fighting, mean as a devil, just, just a bad, bad guy. On his very first wedding anniversary, my mom and dad, they'd been invited to church, and my Uncle Jay had been inviting them to church and inviting them to church, and, and, and they finally said, listen, if you will leave us alone, we'll come to revival. We'll, can I come down there? That'll be all right? Uh, I'm sorry. That just, I, I hate something between us, all right? They, 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 they came to revival. I grew up very old school, very, very uh, old-time way in old-time church, and, and, uh, and, and, and the guy pastoring the church was named Wiley Wooten, Wiley Wooten, and the guy preaching the revival was named Willie Ward. Willie Ward was preaching for Wiley Wooten, and I know you think I'm making this up, but I'm telling you, this is God's truth. And my father, they invited him to church, and 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 just because he was so, just so mean and, and and wicked, just a bad guy, on their 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 first year wedding anniversary, it was a Wednesday night in a storefront building, and man, it was one of them sure enough snot slinging, get it on, hair falling down, shouting services. How many of y'all been in one of them? Man, my, my mom comes forward and gets saved. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost was in that place. She comes and gets saved. Now, in old-time church where I'm from, everybody would come around and shake their hand. Does anybody remember that? Give them the right hand to Christian fellowship. Well, they were coming around, and my father, he's sitting back there under deep conviction. I mean, just terrible. And he's thinking, I can't go down there. I can't go down. But if he didn't go down there and hug my mama, it's going to be bad later on, you know? So he comes around. And Brother Wiley Wooten was standing right here, and Dad makes that turn, and he gets almost to Mom, and he just turns and grabs Brother Wooten. And everybody looks, and they don't know what's fixed to happen. And, and, and Brother Wooten said, boy, what do you want? He said, whatever y'all got. <laughs> he had no idea. Had no idea. I asked him later on. I said, Dad, what was Brother Willie preaching on? He said, I don't know. I said, you got saved that night, and you don't know what he was preaching on? He said, all I know is I was going to that bar to get what them people had in that room. Think about that a minute. Think about that next time you come to worship, how you worship. People are watching you worship. And the way you worship may bring people to Christ. Well, that night, that night, my father changed. My father changed. My mom got saved. My dad got saved. Their two best friends that was going to the bar with them, Paul Howe and Cheryl Howe, got saved. And from that point on, from that point on, they never were the same. They never went to another bar, never took another drink of alcohol. They began to stay up all night on Friday nights and just trying to read the Bible and study the Bible and cook breakfast in the morning, stay all up. What, is, what am I saying? I'm saying God changed him. And if you are saved, you're changed. 
And if you're not changed, you may not be saved. You need to think about that. Jesus found him. Jesus changed him. But watch this. This is very important. He comes and loads up with Jesus, gets on the boat with him, which is logical. I mean, if somebody changed me and fixed me like that and, and changed my life and kicked all the demons out of me, I'd want to go with him too. But you know what the Bible says? Jesus suffered him not. Suffered him not. He said, no, no, no. He said, no. And if you take that phrase, suffered him not, it's one Greek word. It's one Greek word that means to send forth. Say that with me, to Here's the thing. Jesus found him, Jesus changed him, and Jesus sent him. Jesus sent him. Now, let's do our survey. How many of y'all here, Jesus found you? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. Jesus found you. All right. How many of y'all know Jesus changed you? You know what? Guess what? If he found you and he changed you, he has also sent you. Sent you. He said, go home to thy friends. Tell them. The Bible says he went to Decapolis. Decapolis means ten cities. It was the cities on the other side of Galilee. And, it, and this was, I, I always had this idea growing up, studying this story out, that this was, uh, this was you know, he come from this rural village and everything, but he didn't. This was a big city. These were very Hellenistic cities who had, they had stadiums, they had theaters, they had all of these things. And man, he went everywhere telling people. Everywhere, because Jesus sent him. I'm afraid now. Now, guys, I, we're we're one of a kind, so don't get mad at me. I promise you, I'm 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 with y'all. Y'all are with me. My all my my heroes was never cowboys; they was preachers. Okay, all my heroes have always been preachers. Church is my life, but I'm afraid in America we've got we've got a problem in the American church where we come in and shout about being found and shout about being changed and when we go to talking about being sent and going telling somebody and taking what we get in here out those doors we go silent all of a sudden we lose our shout we lose our enthusiasm now that's a problem how shall they hear without a preacher? And the word preacher doesn't mean a preacher standing behind a pulpit. It means someone to proclaim the truth. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they believe unless they hear the gospel? How are they going to know unless we tell them? Jesus has sent us. So that's the man. Number two. Number two, I want you to see the mission. I want you to see the mission. That's the man. Jesus found him. Jesus changed him. Jesus sent him. But then look at the mission. He says, he says, go home to thy friends and tell them what good things the Lord hath done for thee. Right? This is the mission. It involves two things. Watch, watch what it says in, in, in your Bible. Watch what it says in your Bible. Look in verse number 19. Verse 19. How be it? Are you there? Verse 19. How be it Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him. What's that word? Come on, everybody. Everybody. Go home to thy friends and tell. So what's the mission? Go and say it again. Go and tell. Go and tell. That's not complicated, is it? That's pretty simple. Go and tell. Now, the mission involves two things. It involves, it involves a place, right? It involves a place. He says, go home. Say that with me. Go, go home. Go home. Do you realize? Do you realize that our mission field, our mission field first is our home? We are to reach our children. 
We are to reach our grandchildren. It is a command by God that we tell our children so that they would place, this is, this is clearly in, in God's word, that they may place their hope in God. But not just home. Now, where I'm, where I'm from, where I'm from, uh, uh, there, there's like little communities. There's like little communities. I, I live in Coleman, the county of Coleman, but there is West Point. There is, uh, 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 there is uh, Vinemont. There's Fairview. There's Holly Pond. Uh, there's Battleground. There's even a place called Bug Tussle. <clears throat> Seriously, Bug Tussle. Now, is there communities like that around here? Is there communities like that? Do y'all, y'all live in them? Tell me, tell me, somebody give me one. Somebody give me one. Where you live? Say it again. Troutman? Troutman, all right. Who's, we got any people from Troutman in here? Troutman people? Troutman people? Okay, there's a few. All right, give me another one. Give me another one. What is it? Holly Springs. Holly Springs. We got any Holly Springers in here? No, Holly? Conley. That's what I said, Conley Springs. That's what I said. Conley Springs. Conley Springs. Anybody from Conley Springs? Well, we need a missionary in Conley Springs. Amen. There we go. Ain't no, no saved people in Conley Springs. Hey, all right, someone else, someone else. Give me one. What is it? A Warfield. We got anybody from Warfield? Listen, I don't have my hearing aids in, so y'all got to help me, okay? Morrisville. Morrisville. Anybody from Morrisville? Morrisville? Huh? One, only one saved person in Morrisville. Ma'am, you got to get to work. <laughs> Do y'all live anywhere? I mean, y'all ain't going to say nothing. G- give me another one. West say it again. West Irondale. West Irondale. Okay. Anybody from there? Anybody from there? Okay. Oh, my goodness, a ton. A ton. Son, you've been working. Hey, man. <laughs> All right. Now, guess what? Statesville? Statesville. Any city people in here? All right. City slickers in the house. Hey, man. Amen. Here we go. Now watch this. Now watch this. What's the name of the brother going to Colorado? Stewart. Stewart is going as a missionary to Colorado. Am I right? Guess what? Guess what? We need you to go to Statesville. We need you to go to Mooresville. We need you all these places that we just named. That's your mission field. When I was growing up, when I was growing up as a kid out on, on, the, on, the, on the door going outside, my father would have a sign on that door every time, every time. You are now entering the mission field. You're missionaries. God has sent you in the place is where. Now, now, most people think in order to share the gospel or to be a missionary or to be a preacher or to be a witness or to be a soul winner or whatever, you got to go jump up on the side of a, a, a street in a busy intersection and stand up on a box and holler and scream at everybody and say, turn or burn, turn or burn. You know, that's not it. That's not it. God says, you know, the Great Commission is this. Go ye into all the world, right? Go teach all nations. Do you know what that phrase means? It means as you are going. As you are going. Here's here's my point. This morning, this morning, I was going to get a pancake. Regardless, regardless, I woke up early on purpose so I could be able to do that. I went downstairs. When I got off the elevator, I could smell it just floating up saying, come get me. And I was going to get that regardless. But while I was there, I said, Erica, can I share my story with you? Why not tell them about Jesus? I was going anyway. I didn't go to Soul Win. I went to get pancakes and bacon. But while I was there, does this make sense? 
Now, when I was coming here, when I was coming here, I stopped at a store right down the road, and uh, I was going to get me a Diet Sun Kiss, and I was going to get it anyway. So I went in there, and guess who was behind the counter? Michelle was behind the counter. I said, Michelle, I know you're real busy right now, but I got my story right here. Man, God's been really good to me, and I wrote it out. Would you mind reading my story? She said, I sure will. Give me that thing. I was going anyway. I just took Jesus while I was there. That's the thing. If we could just get that. As we're going, as we're going, when you go to the ball field, when you go to the ballpark, when you go to the market, when you go to McDonald's, when you go wherever it is, take Jesus with you. That's what the Great Commission is. That's what it is. Go. See, we've, we've changed it. We've changed it. Christ, Modern-day Christians, we build a building and we tell everybody, y'all, oh, I got, oh, I, I done hit a nerve. I can see it right now. We, what do we say? Y'all, y'all come. But the Great Commission is we are to, to go. Where to go? I was in, I was in a drive-thru, a place called Brandon Iron. You know, I've been thinking about this. All my illustrations have something to do with food for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> i got to change that. A place called Brandon Iron, my, my wife's favorite place. And, and, and it was, we was going through the drive-thru, and I, I pulled around, and there was a little girl who come to the window, and, uh, and, 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 and she gave me my food. I said, sis, I know you're real busy. And she was, boy, they were stepping and fetching. They was lying way back behind me. I said, if you, get a, if you get a minute, if you take a break, would you mind reading my story? She said, I sure will. She took my story. About two weeks later, I went. I went back. And I'll be honest with you, I can't remember yesterday. I, I've got a memory problem, and it, it just, it, it's terrible. I wish it wasn't like that, but I was trying to think about, had, had I shared with this one yet, you know? Because that, 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 that week before that, I had shared with a lady at the gas station, and about three days, it was only three days, I come back through, and I said, ma'am, do you get to go to church anywhere? She said, now, Bre now Reverend, we done crossed that bridge already this week. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't remember. And so I get there, and she opens the, she opens the, the, the sliding door to the drive-thru, and she looked at me, and she said, I read your story. I said, you did? I said, do you have a story like that? She said, no. I said, would you like a story like that? She starts weeping. She says, I sure would. Right there in the, right the drive-thru. We prayed, and she trusted Christ. This past Sunday, this past Sunday, she was a senior in high school. And I'm going to make this short because you know, we've got a limited time on Sunday morning. As she walked across the stage, she walked across the stage. Her name's Tia Lynn, 17 years old, walked across the stage, and we recognized her for senior recognition, and she trusted Christ right now. Here's my point. Here's my point. I didn't go there to win Tia Lynn. I was going there to get the chicken melt plate. <laughs> but guess what? Let's take advantage of an opportunity while we're there. That's what it means when it says, as you are going, just take Jesus with you. Amen? We can all do this. We can all do this. Met Rosemary yesterday at the Mexican joint uh, this morning. Uh, Erica in, in the hotel. Uh, 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 Michelle at the store. Just wherever you go, just take Jesus with you. You see, the mission, the mission it, 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 it involves two things. It involves a place. It's wherever you are, wherever you reside. Now, now y'all are going to send money. Y'all are going to send money to send Stuart and his family to Colorado. And you know what Stuart's trusting? Stuart's trusting you guys to share with your people here while he goes over there. Amen? Now, it involves, it involves a place. It involves a people. It involves a people. He says, go home to thy friends. 
Go home to thy friends. Home represents family. And then he says friends. It's who you, got, who you have connections with. Statistics say, statistics say every single person in this room, whether you believe it or not, you have influence over eight people. Major influence. That means they're going to hear you, they're going to listen to you, and they're going to trust what you have to say. Are you using your influence to lead these people to Christ? Go to them. Go to them. Listen, we have a mission. It involves people. It involves a place. And let me give you the last one, and we'll close. We see the man. Jesus found him. Jesus changed him. And Jesus sent him. We see the mission. But then here's the message. I said, preacher, what do I tell them? What do I tell them? Oh, it's simple. It's not hard. We've made it complicated. We've made it hard. We think you got to know half the Bible. We, we say we, you have to know all of the, you know, the Romans road. Here's, here's what we tell them, what Jesus did for us. What did he say? Go home to thy friends and tell them what good things the Lord hath done for thee. You remember when I said earlier, I said, how many of y'all are saved? How many of y'all are saved? And y'all raised your hand. You remember when I said, how many of you was there when it happened? And y'all raised your hand. And we kind of, it was kind of comical. We kind of laughed. So well, obviously I was there. But here's the thing. Have you told somebody what happened to you? 97% of all professing Christians will die and leave this world without ever telling anybody what Jesus has done for them. Listen, here's the message. Just tell what happened. Everybody's story is going to be different, but it's your story, and it's powerful. It's powerful. Two things. Tell them what happened. Now, here's the last thing. The message is tell them what happened, and this is so important. Tell them who did it. Everybody say that. Tell them who did it. You know, we got to quit telling people. we got to quit telling people, you need to go to church. I know that sounds crazy. I can't believe a pastor just said that. You know, church ain't never changed nobody. It's Jesus that changes. I tell people, listen, I, I, was, raising a, I was raising a Christian home by a pastor. I was very religious, but something was wrong. I felt empty. I think about dying, I was so afraid. Then one day somebody shared a message with me that changed my life. They said, it's not enough to know about God. You had to know God. And I gave Christ my life that day, and everything changed. Jesus gave me peace. He gave me joy. And I tell everybody, and I can't wait to tell somebody at lunch today what Jesus did for me. And I want to encourage you, share your story. We'll talk more about that tonight, but please. Know your story is powerful, and it can make a difference in somebody's life. Amen, church. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, I pray that you'll touch every person in this room. I pray that you will let them see how powerful their story is and how necessary it is for us to open our mouth and take our story to the streets and to the parks and to the stores into the schools, to the homes, to the places we go. Lord, I pray if there's anything I want you to do in this service this morning is give us a burden to tell somebody 
what good things the Lord hath done for us. In Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet with